get this thing back together. Uh, and he goes, well, how long is it going to last? And I said, I, I have no clue. Uh, I said, 10 years ago or 12 years ago, I told you you needed to replace it. Guess what, Mike? You still need to replace it. Yeah. <laughs> he must know Patrick because he's in Australia. He's got to know Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. Short episode here. Uh, Andy, how you doing, man? Good. How are you? Good, good. I got a... Another listener writing in, uh, we just get a couple in a row now. This is a lot of fun. Uh, Adventures of a service tech. That's Luke. He's down in Adelaide, Australia. Ah, Put another shrimp on the barbie. <laughs> we got. I gotta. We gotta get down there. We gotta. We gotta go to Australia. We gotta do a road trip to Australia. Yeah, a hub on the road in Australia. Oh, That'd God. be hard. Wouldn't that be cool? That'd be cool. Be. Well, let's get right into it. So he he he. <laughs> DM'd me over on Instagram and he used MTGA at the very beginning, which tells me he's a longtime listener, first time caller. Uh, no, right. I, I do appreciate that. I bring it up because if you want to send us any ins- you know message over on Instagram and the DMs, just put MTGA at the very beginning. It makes it so easy to find your message in case we miss it. Yeah. Um, okay, says, hey, Eric, I was listening to the Should Text Get Sales Incentives episode this morning. So that was with uh, Denver. It was just a little yep. while ago. It's not a brand new episode. I think it was a spring, right? And yeah, um, like I don't have the episode number. Maybe I should have looked that up before I started talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but look it up. It's in the feed. Should sales tax get uh, incentives for selling? And he uh, he brought up a good point. He said it makes him think uh, there's little, it seems like there's little fault finding ability out there now. People out working yeah. in the in the field aren't being taught uh, diagnosing and repair. They're being taught remove and replace. Yep. And do you th- and so Luke's got a good point. He says, uh, "Are you experiencing this? It's, do you think that uh, that is contributing kind of to the throwaway society?" And so, Andy, I wanna, I'm just going to throw it over to you. What do you think when it comes to you know the parts changers the replace it mentality versus repair it. It's a problem for me in a, from a, I guess from an ethical standpoint. And I, and I, I don't want to like say that I'm on some sort of high horse, you know, for whatever, but the, the, where I have the issue with it primarily is that if you, there's a lot of companies out there sending green technicians out to do service, right? Yeah. My, let's let's just pick on the furnace HVAC industry. They're they're a major player in this. Uh, f- I don't know if we want to call it a phenomenon, but this issue, I guess. Yeah, residential where, especially. Yeah, where you have um, technicians that are sent out to diagnose a furnace or a problem or something like that, and I think it initially started out as. Well, just send Jimmy out and we'll see if he figures it out, you know, because we don't have anybody else to send. They're shorthanded, right? Okay. Okay. Let's just say it was shorthanded to start with. And Jimmy goes out and looks at it and goes, well, I don't know how the inducer fan is supposed to start, but something sounds weird. And the furnace is five years old or eight years old. We should probably just replace the furnace. Oh, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, and then that, that may be shortcut, shortcutting the whole, the whole gist of it, but- We've all heard of that company. You know, there's that one company in everybody's town that, you know, doesn't work on anything that's older than five years old or whatever, the, whatever They're the metric is. always recommending replacement. 
Always, yeah. And and I go, well, why are they rec- recommending replacement? Not because it's broke. Well, because it's from a financial standpoint, from the business side, it's phenomenal. It's a phenomenal sales tactic. You know, well, I mean, you're definitely going to raise the bottom line, right? If you're selling a new piece of equipment on just, you know, on on a l- much larger number of uh, service calls, if you're getting a, a new new install sale out of it, yeah, it's great. Yeah, your average ticket but, price goes up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a lot. I think there's a few things that probably contributed to that. There's probably a lot. One of the things, like financing. So, like, these companies yeah. have gone to a model where they're offering financing. They're offering these deep discounts on, you know, these unitary systems that they can get. Maybe they're not the highest quality, uh, right. but they're at the price point where they get the conversation going because that now that new replacement doesn't seem so crazy expensive because sure. I can offer you financing, 0% if yeah. you qualify, can, all these kinds of things, right? Yeah. And so like there's all we these- We can do this tomorrow. Yep, we can do it tomorrow. <laughs> We've got it in the warehouse, no problem. Yeah. We'll have it done in a day. Um, and that that- part of the sales technique is so lucrative is so successful because sometimes and often you're waiting multiple days to get repair parts. Yeah. Well, why would I wait for multiple days to get repair parts on a 10 year old furnace? If I can sell you a brand new one with a factory warranty tomorrow. Yeah. And so that, that conversation is one that people are willing to have uh, if you can incentivize it with, you know, if you can get it into their price point, right? If you've right. got a customer like most of us do who are, you know, on a budget, you've now yeah. made this a little more attainable. And look, that's to me like the number one thing as to why, you know, why why aren't we training people how to fix things the same? These younger right. people that maybe aren't super qualified yet, why aren't we training them how to do that? Because it takes longer than replacing it. Yeah. It just takes, you know, how many trips are you willing to send your, your person on uh, to fix a, a circuit board issue that ends up being yeah. really just a, you know, dip switch was wrong or something was wired up wrong in the last repair, whatever seasons change. Now the heat pump doesn't work. Well, (laughs) yeah. You know, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. So I, so I sent you a picture of a furnace the other day. That's, it was in a deep, dark basement of dungeon of the doom basically. (laughs) And, uh, I was at this house 12 years ago. Um, right after I first started business, yep. and I told the guy 12 years ago, it is time to replace your furnace. Yeah, well, you were wrong, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> and I replaced an operating limit on the, on the or a fan limit switch on the on the furnace, and I said, listen, it, it's time. Yeah. It, this thing needs to go away, blah, blah, blah. And, and he, he straight up asked me, he goes, why? And they go, well, I mean, at some point it's going to quit. And he goes, when? And I said, I don't know. I can't tell you that. He's like, all right. He goes, what's the danger in it? I'm like, well, if, you know, if it gets cracked heat exchanger or something like that, he's like, yeah, I got a carbon monoxide detector. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Um, he's like, I got smoke detectors. I got all that stuff. It's all functional. It's all working. I replace them regularly as needed. Um, he goes, I, all right, you know, send me a quote, you know? So I'm like, well, I mean, if you're not going to do it, then I'm not going to waste time on a quote. Yeah. 
you know, and he's like, no, nah, I, he goes, I'm, I'm probably not going to do it. So furnace is from 1961. Oof. Right. Yeah. House, house was built 1905. It's probably the second furnace that the house has had. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and yeah, cause it moved from coal to gas. So they're like, screw it. Exactly. Let's get a, yeah. Get a furnace. This, this is a, is an old Armstrong furnace. And I'm, you know, I'm looking at it. I'm like, all right, well, I mean, you're not wrong. So I was over there and he says, you know, the, my, my heat doesn't work. And I'm like, ah, sweet. I'm going to go in and tell this guy he needs to replace this furnace. Yeah. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, well, the, the fuse is blown. So I put in a you know, check the fuse and nothing's going to ground. And I'm like, well, we must've had a high, high amp draw. You know, that's, that's what blew it. You know, it wasn't a, wasn't a short to ground. And like a, so I'm like looking around and I find on the motor or something or what? Well, yeah, no, go, no capacitor start motor, just a, you know, permanent split capacitor motor. It's, it's in the, in the motor itself. And I'm like, huh, I'm looking at the motor. I'm like, I, I mean, sure. It's gotta be the motor fire, put in a fuse in it. Thing fires up and runs for the day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then I get a call from him. We get a call back later that day. Yeah, yeah, furnace isn't working again. And I'm like, all right. So I'd taken notes off of it, and I and I just called him. I said, listen, okay. I said, I need to know what you want to do. He's like, well, how much is a motor? And I'm like, well, $119. And I'm like, you know, I'm I like, I marked the thing up as like, I mean, I doubled it, you know. And the motor was $63 was my cost on the blower motor. And I'm like, Okay, I, I mean this is stupid. Lower Why are we? This should pot? be a four or five hundred dollar bill there. But. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, I could have, I could have done that, and and I. So he's like, yeah, just go get a motor, and I go over and whatever, we're done, and it's you know four hundred and I think four hundred and eighteen bucks or something like that when I was all done with sure. it. You know, driving around, you know, a couple of trips and a belt, the shiv, and you know, get everything done and get this thing back together. Uh, and he goes, well, how long is it going to last? And I said. I, I have no clue. Ugh. I said ten years ago or twelve years ago, I told you you needed to replace it. Guess what, Mike? You still need to replace it. Yeah. And he's like, "But why would? It? Why should I?" Well, there's benefits. He goes, "I have not touched this. I have not touched this furnace in twelve years, other than to change the filter." He goes, "I haven't done anything that- to it. I don't clean the burner. I, there's no heat exchanger to clean. You know, whatever." And I'm like, ah, "Yeah, it's super inefficient. It's like..." Got a pilot flame that's, you know, bigger than my barbecue, you know, it's, and, and I just kind of went, well, I, I don't know. Um, maybe it's just because you should, I mean, it's, but he's like, I don't know. This one's, this one's lasted for 60 years and we've replaced the boat gotta, motor a couple times. Yeah. And well, that conversation, and I'm, like, I'm not going to argue. Yeah. <laughs> That conversation shouldn't be going down that you should immediately. Now I'm not telling you what to do, yeah. but I'm telling anybody listening and any, there's probably people ready to drive off the road right now. Right. As they're listening, that conversation not, should not be about, Oh, this is old and you haven't had to touch it. Yeah. That is a yeah. fact. You're not going to argue yep. that. Arguing that yep. is stupid and a waste of people's time. Like you just said, I'm not going to give you a quote if you're not interested. That's that argument. Right. I'm not going to talk yeah. about this because you're not interested. If you right. want to talk about the fact that this thing is inefficient and the fact yep. that it could be so much more comfortable in your house because you're not going to have that spike, that high, that low, the things when it right. starts up, it's not going to sound like a freight train going through your living room. <laughs> uh, right. You can you can add cooling and a heat pump and this thing can be like ultra yep. crazy, inexpensive to operate in comparison. Yep. 
And that's true for every single house. Yeah. It doesn't matter if your house yeah. is crap. It doesn't matter if it's brand new or you've recently spray foamed it. Why don't you have the best equipment in order to get the most out of it and, and with the least input? That's what right. that is. Now, all of that stuff isn't going to last for 60 years. I, no, I'm going to, no way. I'm going to admit that, yeah. but you shouldn't expect that either. Just like right. you can't expect this 60 year old furnace to provide the best comfort, to be the quietest, right. to, you know, other than it being no maintenance, that's about all you're getting out of it. Right. Yeah. Yep. Well, and that, and that's the, that was the interesting thing is he goes, well, so if I would have done, um, what you said t- 12 years ago. And we were replaced the furnace 12 years ago and you were here today. Would you tell me the same thing? (laughs) Damn it. And and I'm like, yep. Yeah. Yep. I probably would have, you know, we're at 12 years. You need to do blower motor, you know, whatever. I mean, you know, I I mean, is is a 12 year old furnace out of the realm? No, absolutely not. I mean, they should last at least that. I've got a 21 year old furnace in my basement that is still running just fine. And the heat exchanger is okay. As far as I know, I'll find out next week. When I tear it apart because yeah. we're replacing it. 21 years. There's nothing wrong yeah. with that. And it's and I have put parts into it. I have put an inducer yeah. in it at least once. I have put yep. a gas valve on it. Nothing crazy. It's yeah. fine. Blower's still no. the same, you know. But, yeah, it, it just it caught me off comical because, because I was like, oh, you know, this is going to be pretty expensive repair. And the guy's like, well, how much? And I'm like, 400 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like... You want cash? Yeah. The furnace wasn't even that much when they put it I, in. Yeah. He's like, I got that in my pocket from not having to replace my furnace for the last 60 years. Well, there's back to the, <laughs> the initial discussion. There's a, I mean, we can wrap this up, but there's, you know, yeah. it's funny. You're, that's a great example. Uh, you know what is another good example is just these meme pages on HVAC, you know, like, yeah. HVAC outlawed, you know, like there's some funny stuff out there because it is funny it is. and it's meant to be funny. Yeah. But like the, you know, the picture of the dude just like basically salivating, driving a Mercedes because he sold a, a, ca- a run cap for, you know, like, you know, $1,900 <laughs> or something like that. And I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. But, you know, yeah, yeah you're back to to uh, the the DM I think there it's expensive to train people to replace stuff. Yeah. And when everybody's shorthanded, it seems. Yep. You know, it's you got to put the energy and effort into it if you're going to change it within your own company. Yeah. I think largely one of the things we're running into too is well is it's a it's a manufactured quality, I guess if you will. Um, where newer equipment is harder to replace components, you know, cause if you think back, you know, what, what are we really doing with this furnace? We're, we're looking at some safeties and we're turning the gas valve on and then we're going to turn the blower on and then we're going to turn the gas valve off and we're going to turn the blower off. Yeah. You got an I mean, air switch, the, a gas valve, circuit yeah, board. It's super simple. Yeah. And when you make it to the point where we're monitoring all these safeties and we're monitoring all of this stuff in order to get this uh, piece of equipment to run, there's, there's a lot of components there that, that could fail. And, you know, you look at a modern furnace and you go, well, how much of this stuff is really necessary? You know, what, what are we really doing? We achieve the same thing, but diagnosing it becomes more difficult. 
especially when we get manufacturers that say, well, it's a, a safety circuit is open. Yeah. Well, what is this? Where, where's the safety circuit? Well, we're going to give you this little line diagram that shows <laughs> these two wires connected to the mystery box. <laughs> you know, well, yeah. what's the mystery box doing? Yeah. I mean, is it, you know, and if, if you look at equipment manufacturers, um, in a, in a broad spectrum of, of HVAC and plumbing equipment, you can look at, <clears throat> at certain service manuals and go, this company absolutely kicks ass, right? Sure. Renai is one of those companies. Yeah, they have if, some if, of the best manuals if, in the industry. If you pull open a Renai service manual, or and Navian's done a good job with it too. But if I could get a service manual like that for a furnace where I could be like, measure the output on X1 yeah. at the control board. And if it's between 6.3 and 7.1 uh, ohms of resistance, then the it, that that circuit is okay. Yeah. You know, and, and I, we were just on one here not long ago, uh, 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 GV Gold, Wild McLean Gold uh, Boiler. They would light and then go out. Put a new igniter in it. It'd light and go out, and pull the burner out. Check things. Jump the pressure switch. You know, went through all these hoops, but it was ultimately the control board. Well, but new boiler, you know, <laughs> right? New boiler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's t- you, you you're know, right. I mean, there's a lot more into them, but th- this isn't new either. Um, yeah. There, I guess where I was going is they're they're being made less and less repairable. Why you say that because they you say that because they have more components? You think they're less repairable? Uh, their their components are becoming more integrated, um, where everything's integrated into a control board that's not repairable. Oh, I got you. Yeah, you know what I sure. mean. So, you know, and, and 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 part of that is a function of efficiency. So, I mean, I get I get it. You know, it's that's the only way that the manufacturer can guarantee safety is to integrate all of the safety control into one single box that they seal the lid on and say, don't screw with this. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, there's I already that. enough stuff under the hood and they got to try to simplify it too. Yep. Yeah. Well, Luke, uh, refrigeration, uh, adventures of a service tech in Adelaide, right. Australia. <laughs> you sound, sound like you've been there. I haven't, but we, like I said, we got to go. All right. We're going to wrap this dude. It's getting long. <laughs> I said at the beginning, it's going to be a short episode. Yeah. Uh, make trades great again podcast Andy Eric everybody thanks for listening see you in the next one later